Hey everyone, welcome to Housing Jersey with me, Jay Everett from Keller Williams Real Estate. So excited that you're joining us today. Really important guest talking about what's going on with mortgage financing right now during the COVID-19 virus outbreak. Important information for you if you're looking to buy a house or to refinance. Also, is forbearance a good thing? Coming up now, answers. Hey everybody, this is Jay. So glad that you're here with us today on Housing Jersey. And my guest today is Greg Wareham, and he's from Harbor One Mortgage. I'm super excited to share some of the conversation uh, that I'm having with him today with you because he is very experienced uh, and he has been a great counsel to the folks in my office at uh, Keller Williams. So uh, without further ado, Greg, would you mind introducing yourself to folks and tell them where you're from and what you do? Yeah, sure, Jay. I appreciate the kind introduction. So my name is Greg Wareham. I'm a regional vice president with Harbor One Mortgage. I've been in the mortgage industry since 1997. Uh, locally, my office is at the Bell Works building in Homedale, New Jersey. Awesome. So Greg, uh, thank you for being with us here today. I think some of the things that people are really concerned about in the market today obviously center around the COVID-19 epidemic and the impact that that has had on people's ability to get mortgages, get favorable rates in mortgages compared to some of the historical lows that we've been hovering around. Um, so what is your take on you know, what the different products are that are available and how the COVID-19 situation across the world has impacted their availability to someone who might be looking to buy a home right now? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, Jay. And, you know, this market is very erratic right now from a lending standpoint. Uh, Jay has heard me say this before. Usually I get about 10 pages of changes in the mortgage industry every year. And right now we're getting changes on a regular basis. So things are fluid and changing all the time. I'd say big picture, there's still plenty of money in the marketplace. Conventional purchasers of a home can put down, first time home buyers can put down as little as 3% and still purchase their first home. Uh, we have noticed some restrictions. So debt to income ratio restrictions have come into play. And what debt to income ratio is, is essentially you can borrow a certain amount of dollar for your mortgage relative to what your gross monthly income is. And that's tightened a little bit, but not really to the point where it's been killing many transactions. Uh, some other companies are also starting to put in what are called mortgage overlays. So that is to say they're tightening up their guidelines to make that uh, bucket or that box that someone can fit into a little more tight. A great example of that is there's some big national lenders right now that are requiring minimum credit score of 700 with 20% down on new customers coming in. Now, that's, those are some extremes. For the most part, mortgage lending for conventional mortgages is still very fluid. And again, you can put down as little as 3% and purchase your first home. So those awesome. are some of the big things that I'm seeing. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I think those national banks, I think it was Chase was the first one to bring that in and maybe others will follow, right, Greg? Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, 
with that change and those lenders doing that overlay, as you said, what is the government actually doing in the market right now? And how is that impacting what you're seeing in terms of the availability? Is the government action actually really having a positive impact on what you as a lender or others can do? You know, it's interesting, Jay. So what the consumer hears for government impact is different than what the government's doing to try to help support the mortgage industry. So behind, behind the scenes in the mortgage market, imagine all of these mortgages that are done are packaged into groups of transactions called mortgage-backed securities. And then those groups are sold to investors in the marketplace. And I'm not talking about investors like you and I trying to buy and sell things. We're talking huge institutional investors and foreign governments coming and buy these mortgage-backed securities. Traditionally, mortgage-backed securities are a very conservative investment for anyone looking to purchase those. What happened recently with all these changes is that money kind of went away. So all this money from foreign investors and institutional investors, no one's buying anything. And it created a real liquidity crunch in the marketplace. What the government did is they stepped in and they started purchasing these mortgage-backed securities. And they started purchasing them to create stability in price. So from an economic standpoint, what happens when there's no normal buyers in the marketplace and you're trying to sell them something that has a return on investment? You don't have a lot of buyers. You have to pay these people a higher yield to purchase your product. Higher yield means higher interest rates. So with the government coming in and purchasing these mortgage-backed securities, it creates liquidity and it keeps interest rates very stable. From a mortgage lending standpoint, that's the biggest impact the government has had in trying to help the consumer. Right. And as you said, when the yield is lower, when interest rates are lower and there's fewer institutional persons interested in that asset because of the additional risk on a lower yield product, with the government coming in, it kind of provides that additional opportunity and financing rates have been at historical lows in recent mm -hmm. months. Is it still a good time for people who, if they're looking to refinance or to, to purchase a home to get that type of low number? Is it still in that ballpark? Absolutely. I mean, you look at where 30-year fixed interest rates are today. Uh, someone looking to purchase a new home, interest rates are at 3.125 on a 30-year fix with no points. And that number does change daily depending on what the market's doing. I, again, I've been in the business since 1997. This is about as low as interest rates get. What will be interesting to see is, as we come out of the virus, what happens to interest rates? Do they stabilize? Do they drop? Do they come up a little? Uh, no matter what that outcome is, the projections from all of the major analysts are saying that interest rates are going to stay pretty much historically low all through 2020. Okay. Well, that's really helpful. And, you know, for someone who may already be an owner of a property, you know, they're thinking, you know, I'm in a pickle. Maybe I've been furloughed or I've had my wages cut. I've already got this great mortgage product, but I am needing some flexibility with my expenses. I know that the government, um, both federally and in the state of New Jersey, has accounted for requiring lenders to have some flexibility and to have the options for folks to apply for things like forbearance. Could you just shed some light on whether that's a good option in any or all circumstances and what people can expect um, relative to whatever lender they're working with? Certainly, Jay. 
I mean, the thing to understand about mortgage forbearance, so the government came out and said, there will be, in, in the state of New Jersey, came out and said, you can have a three-month forbearance of your mortgage payments. So basically meaning that you wouldn't have to pay your mortgage payment for three months. However, after that three-month period, uh, most of the lenders offering these forbearance programs will want to collect all of that past due money in month four. Now, some lenders may tack it onto the back end of the principal owed that's due when you pay the mortgage off or when you sell it, but the vast majority of these loan servicers are requiring that money to be paid back in month four. The most important advice that I could give to anybody is you have to call your mortgage servicer to see what your options are. Now, in addition to that, the government rolled out an act called the CARES Act which specifically indicates that if you go into a mortgage forbearance, it should not negatively impact your credit rating. Unfortunately, we've seen some situations over the course of the past couple of weeks where people have went into a mortgage forbearance and going into the mortgage forbearance, that mortgage servicer put on the consumer's credit report that they were actively involved in a loan modification. The challenge with that is if you're actively involved in a loan modification, it really tightens your ability to either refinance that mortgage or to purchase a new home. And I, do, I think it's important to note, it, it's not something that's done maliciously with these loan servicers. It's not as if these are small mom and pop banks where someone's physically entering in information for credit reporting month after month. These are huge companies with hundreds of thousands of uh, consumers and when they enter in something that's a loan modification, I would imagine it's probably an automated process going to the credit bureaus, and it's right. something that they haven't had the opportunity to correct yet. Right. So just and, you know, ask the questions. Sure, sure. And you know, I think one of the things that we're going to touch on is what that looks like between a, a mortgage broker and and a bank. But just wanted to drill down as well because in terms of your uh, statement about unintended consequences. I think you also said um, at one point in my hearing that it may even be that, let's say you and your mortgage company or your bank come to an agreement where they're actually going to tack on those three months of payments to the back end of your mortgage, which may be a great thing for you in terms of flexibility for the present, but that does count as a mortgage modification and therefore might have implications if you want to make a move or do another type of transaction with a, with a lending product in the future. Is that right? Correct. Correct. And the important thing more than anything else, is just check with your mortgage servicer to see what the pros and the cons are associated with doing the mortgage modification. I mean, keep in mind, the government put this into play to really help people that are drastically impacted by the coronavirus. It's not a loophole, for lack of a better way to put it, for everybody. It's, it's there to try to help serve the needs of the people that are really struggling the most, like the 22 million people that are unemployed over the past month. Right, yeah, no, thanks. It's, it's a good perspective, Brother Greg. And you know, I think one of the things that I alluded to uh, is that there may be different flexibility based on each company, but even at the front end of a transaction for folks who are looking to buy or are looking to refinance right now, I think that you've put uh, in my mind a healthy understanding of some of the nuances between someone who's maybe just a mortgage originating entity versus someone like yourself who's actually a bank 
Um, and if you could shed some light for folks who might not understand that nuance and, and what that means uh, and how they can understand where you sit in the market and what you're able to bring, uh, bring to them versus someone else who might be just a mortgage company. Well, so the, there's a very big difference between a mortgage lender and a mortgage bank and then a true bank, which is your traditional bank where there's a depository relationship. And when I look back over the course of my career and I reflect back on the crash that we saw in the marketplace in 2009 and 2010, it's very eerily familiar to what's going on right now. And what you found during that time frame, as money started to tighten, people were no longer working with mortgage lenders and starting to navigate directly over to the banking industry. And a big reason for that is just, you know, people are afraid, they're looking for stability, and there was a real flight to quality. And we're starting to see that right now as well. And that's not anything negative on the mortgage lender, it's just where we are in the marketplace. When you look at what a bank can do as compared to a lender, a bank offers what are called portfolio products. Uh, some people have heard of jumbo mortgages. That's a portfolio product. A construction loan, that's a portfolio product. Well, a bank can continue to offer those programs because they have depository relationships. There's laws put in place that if you're going to lend out money for mortgages, that you have to have a certain amount of deposits or assets under management. In the mortgage lending world, it's really, they're just mor they're mortgage companies. So there's no depository relationship which limits their availability to jumbo mortgage financing and construction mortgage financing. And really through no fault of their own, they take those loans and they sell those loans to other companies. And as I had mentioned in reference to what the government is doing right now in the mortgage-backed securities market, there's no market for that product. And if there's no market to sell that product, then the only way that a lender can do it for you is to do it at a high rate because that's what the requirement is of the person or the entity that's purchasing that. Right. Banks are different. Banks lend their own money. Uh, I think big picture on it, at least what we're seeing now, and this could be completely different in a six-month time frame, uh, interest rates right now are a little stronger on the banking end, and the product diversity is a little bit stronger on the banking end. And that's flip-flop from a couple of years ago when it was stronger in the lender space than the banking space. Awesome. Well, it's a really helpful perspective, uh, just understanding, uh, you know, what the flexibilities or, or capabilities are of different institutions. And, you know, uh, I, I'll open it up just for you if, if there's anything additional you wanted to share. But my last question is really for folks who are, you know, maybe feeling the pinch or feeling like obviously this is a difficult time that we're all going through uh, with the virus going around uh, in our society and in our world. What are the opportunities that you see in terms of someone who's who's looking to uh, take advantage of the world of mortgages and lending? Um, and you know, this is still a historically low interest market. Um, what what do you see in terms of where we are right now as a position toward the future? Well, when you look at the the market right now as it sits, Shay, there's still a ton of opportunity. If you're looking, if you're someone looking to purchase a house right now you're probably gonna get a relatively good deal on the property because there's less competition in the marketplace right now. There's just not as many buyers out there competing on that one property as compared to where the market was three months ago. The other component that makes this a great time to buy is interest rates are so low. And those two 
factors really make it a prime time for someone to purchase real estate currently. I would say on the seller side, if you're apprehensive to list your home, for the same reason prices are, are down or potentially can be going down, what I would say to you is, well, you're going to pick that up on the other property. So if properties or values go down by 3%, well, you sell your house for 3% less, but you're purchasing the new house for 3% less. So it's really just a money wash. And again, referring back to 2010, 2011, it was the exact same situation. And personally, I purchased during that time and I lost money on the house that I sold and I made it up on the house that I was going to buy. So all the money at the end of the day washes. So I would be very apprehensive to think that you're going to time the market perfectly because there's no perfect timing. Sure. All right. Well, thanks for that perspective, Greg. I think, I think your information is helping a lot of folks who might be seeing this uh, and, and hearing this. And I really appreciate your time. Uh, we'll make sure that everyone has your contact information in the notes for this, this page and this show as we're presenting it to them. But uh, really just want to thank you for your time. It's such a, uh, a great honor to have you and uh, really appreciate it. Thanks, sir. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Just let me know I can help. Thank you, Jay.